Welcome back, everyone, to the Risk Intel Podcast, powered by SRA Watchtower, where we share risk intelligence with experts from across the banking industry. I'm your host, Ed Vincent, CEO at SRA Watchtower. Welcome to the Risk Intel Podcast. Joining me today is Robin Greenlee, Chief Risk Officer at Maple Mark Bank. Welcome, Robin. Thanks, Ed. Good to be here. Robin, you bring 20 plus years of credit risk leadership uh, experience at your prior bank, which culminated in, in its uh, successful sale in, in 2018, uh, at which point then you joined MapleMark Bank, uh, still concentrating on the credit space before pivoting a little bit there into the CRO seat about, about two years ago. So I'm excited to dig into your journey in, in this series. Uh, our first episode will cover you know, what you went through establishing that risk management program foundation there in the, in the early days um, at, uh, at Maple Mark. And then our second episode, we'll, we'll follow on and talk a little bit about scaling and evolving, evolving the risk program. So let's, uh, let's jump right in then um, and talk a little bit when we start with uh, a bit of context around your arrival at, at Maple Mark Bank. So you walked into a $700 million bank. Take us back to that point, right? What, what happened when you walked in the door? What did you find? And you know, those early days, what did you encounter at the bank? Yeah, well, I think um, the one of the bigger challenges was that I walked into a small but very fast-growing uh, young bank. And um, so there were a couple of things that were advantages and a couple of things that were disadvantages. One is that um, we were growing very fast, which is great for the bank, but sometimes hard for infrastructure. And so um, there was a lot that needed to be built out, and um, my particular role at the time was to help build out the credit administration function and get uh, a lot of that infrastructure in place since, you know, uh, loans are your biggest asset and needed to make sure that we had um, good guards around that door. Um, and, uh, but the, um, on the other side of the um, uh, situation, we um, also had uh, a very, um, uh, aggressive growth plan. And knowing mm. that there were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of at attentiveness to having um, structures in place uh, or uh, adopting structures early on that would not be typical for a smaller uh, community institution in, under a billion, but knowing that that was kind of the trajectory where we were headed. So um, we had a strategic plan that kind of set us up to be able to um, uh, head us in that direction. And we were terms of an enterprise-wide uh, holistic approach to um, managing risk. And as you say, I was um, really focused on the, the credit piece and had done a lot of um, longer-term build-out of a program in a um, slower-growth institution. So um, I was able to bring what we had already um, built over a longer period and put it in place quickly. Um, but that then became kind of the blueprint, if you will, for trying to um, implement uh, similar uh, structures across the um, other risk management aspects of the bank. So we um, had sort of a good uh, plan in place, um, but as we all know, the best laid plans get interrupted by COVIDs and fun things like that. So uh, um, we, we uh, somewhere in the midst of, of life there, we did uh, have some uh, uh, changes in uh, approach. Um, that impacted us uh, as they did everyone. But we're, you know, we're not operating in a, a vacuum of no activity anyway. So um, 
the uh, mid range. So I've been with the bank a little over four years. And uh, after um, uh, kind of spending a couple of years building the credit area, um, we uh, lost our chief risk officer to another institution. And so I stepped over and uh, the um, uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, having to pick up a lot of stuff in a very small organization with a, a small staff. Um, but one of the pieces that was at least a familiar area because I had spent time working on the framework uh, for credit um, was uh, going ahead and starting to work on applying that across um, the bank, uh, which was already started. But um, the uh, fact of the matter was that we found um, that we had already uh, adopted the SRA platform as our ERM platform, but um, I found that we had um, sort of an embarrassment of riches. We had too much stuff in place and too many things that we were trying to manage and monitor. And that did create some challenges for how you get your arms around everything, how you um, uh, interpret the information that you have. And then when you have uh, substantial events that happen in the marketplace, like a COVID or other issues, um, how do you make sure that your um, systems and processes are properly reflecting the change that occurs? And by having too many pieces in the pie, we found that our um, reporting was very dilute. And this really was a concern. Uh, when, when I, uh, you know, as an example, if you have uh, a pandemic hit um, and suddenly your risk picture changes uh, substantially, you should see some red flags go off, right? You should see some red lights happen. And um, everything was just kind of uh, greenish and yellowish, you know? So we weren't seeing uh, enough of a change to reflect um, the uh, events that are happening. And um, that was a, a telling symptom of what could be happening in the rest of the environment. And so- right. That's when we started trying to dig in and peel out some of the pieces. And that's where I think our um, engagement with SRA did um, contribute. Uh, you know, we have a, a great uh, trooper in Beth uh, who has been a good helper with us to as a um, you know, bring some consultative advice to how we can uh, strip out some of the um, volume that we've had and uh, help us make some of the um, decisions on how you do that. Because now we've got all this stuff in there. Which do we take out? What do we have to keep? So there's a right. lot of decision making in that process. So there's there's two themes that you that you shared there that that really struck me. The first was around simplification, and the second perhaps around collaboration. So it sounds like you know. You, you jumped in and and there was a lot of complexity right coming out of the gate and you worked then to, to peel that back into a simple easy to digest and utilize uh, a framework as as an as an important kind of first step and then the second piece around around collaboration of right you mentioned Beth, right? Whomever it might be, right? As someone as, as a sounding board and, and, and to bounce ideas off of. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that simplification process and and um, you know how you how you went about doing that. Yeah, I think that um, the you know there were some fits and starts about the process uh, of of doing that. 
Um, and we're still working on that. We're still, I'm still trying to make some uh, changes, but um, the, uh, one of the challenges that I, um, you know, I feel like I experienced was different levels of engagement with our team managers. Uh, so if you're doing an enterprise-wide framework, you have to deal with um, uh, risk in different parts of the enterprise that are not necessarily risk managers. Um, you could argue perhaps, and I will, that we all are risk managers to some degree because we all have blinkers and you know taillights on our cars, but um, we uh, don't all look at our tasks and our main responsibilities necessarily from a risk point of view. So how do we do that effectively engage with um, the managers across the enterprise to help um, work with uh, the reporting function and also the communication function that ERM is supposed to help us facilitate. Um, you know, it's supposed to be uh, a, um, a tool to help us both in decision-making and reporting. It's not just to um, uh, generate a report in a bunch of paper. So right. um, collaborating with different types of um, managers within the company uh, I found that one of the best things I was able to do was to start engaging one-on-one -on -one with some of our team members. You know, you have the techies who want to get in the, the system and mess with everything. And uh, they're just as excited as um, Pi to punch all the buttons and flip all the levers and all of that fun stuff. Um, so you give them a little orientation and um, put their name on the labels that they need to touch and off they are. They off. take off, right? Yeah. going on, Exactly. But then you also have, of course, those um, contributors who uh, would uh, rather die than touch the keyboard if they can help it. And uh, so how do we get their contribution as well? Because we need that. Um, so, so much of the enterprise risk management framework is um, uh, qualitative in nature. I mean, we have certainly we have lots of data, but at the end of the day, we have to bring our judgment to this process. And so um, I found that simply going in and, you know, meeting with certain of those managers who fit that bill and um, it, it, sort of interviewing them, it's, uh, uh, you know, the one of the concepts that I think kind of came late to me in um, this process, and I hope will be useful for others uh, in, in this discipline is that um, uh, using our platform, whatever tool you use, whether it's a spreadsheet or, or a platform, um, is ultimately we're doing a risk assessment and um, not just generating a report. And I think that's where we, we kind of get distracted by the bells and whistles. We, we sort of uh, miss that and forget, you know, sometimes we have to pull ourselves back to basics. Um, we're doing a risk assessment, and that means that we, um, you know, ask questions and we uh, collaborate on the answers. So um, collaboration has turned out to be, I think, a really useful um, uh, uh, approach to this process and uh, having, we need a tool to help us do that. And um, uh, so the uh, determining what questions to answer, what to include, what to exclude, um, and involving our managers in that conversation instead of just saying, okay, here's your stuff, go fill it out. Um, we also should be mindful of um, their their contribution to even what questions should we be asking uh, uh, in 
the various disciplines and not just make one assumption about what those um, uh, Q and A's should be, um, but uh, um, you know the the right questions can be extremely valuable, um, but they're going to change over time, right? So this is right. uh, a long term, uh, you know, approach. Um, risk assessment, it's always changing, it's always growing. Um, and it should also always be um, edited. Uh, one of the um, best things um, I think that you can do is remember that all of it uh, at the end of the day is um, an editing process. And, um, you know, I uh, coming up as, uh, um, you know, in college, I was uh, did a lot of writing and still do a lot of writing. Um, and one of the biggest challenges for anyone who writes, even if it's just uh, writing technical stuff uh, in our work, is um, filling a blank page. Uh, you know, starting with the first few words in that blank page is hard for everybody. But you know what? When you have a populated page, almost all of us can edit and we can contribute our thoughts to how to change what is already there. And so um, that's kind of what I feel like part of the um, the approach to our frontline managers, particularly uh, and um, functional managers, uh, is that the risk team should uh, be approaching them as um, collaborators, and we bring them uh, information. We bring them stuff that we have available to us. We we bring them a populated page. And we say, okay, yeah. help me with what stays in, what goes out, help me um, with the edit. And um, that's where we get some of our valuable information because that then invariably will spawn other questions um, that may uh, give us direction about, okay, those three things are meaningless. Let's get rid of those and let's put in these two things because those are the things that really matter. Um, and we get a much better product on the, at the end of the game but then also we're creating an opportunity for communication on an ongoing basis so that we can can uh, reasonably keep our hand on the pulse of the organization and know what's changing over time so that you can have a conduit of um, uh, communication about, uh, you know, when things are happening uh, on a routine basis. And because again, we're gonna, it should be, we should be prepared to change it um, none of it's in stone. We should be prepared to change it on an ongoing basis. So collaboration, I think, is, you know, sometimes it's a, a challenging, um, you know, how do you do this? Well, you schedule a meeting and everybody comes to the table and nobody wants to come and do this and, blah, 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 you know, all of those uh, challenges that we face. But um, instead of that, I I sort of took the tack of uh, some one-on-one -on -one interviews and um, engagements that you're able to be brief, you're able to be respectful of their time, but also um, help them see the value of their contribution to the overall project and, and the um, assessment. And then when I finish, I've got part of my risk assessment is formed and uh, completed. And that's really at, at the end of the day, if I don't keep coming back to the fact that I'm trying to assess risk in the organization, um, I am going to miss something at the end of the day. We're just populating reports and nobody likes doing busy work. <laughs> well, you, you, say, you said that, right? One of the phrases that you used when we were talking earlier was that using using the platform as a conversation starter. Uh, and and that, really, that really struck me as, as a powerful concept to hear. And 
Um, and, and you you brought up two concepts, and, and you've talked about about one here of using it to facilitate the data capture, the input, the collection process, right through the through that one on one interview. Um, but that's not the end of it. It's then circling back around with the the analysis, the reports, the results, so that the the stakeholders then can put that into their decision making process, right? And then you've created this circle um, where. That there is a, a vested interest to them being at the table because this is really influencing and impacting the way which they're they're doing their day job, so to speak. Right. And it then influences other aspects of our overall program because as you grow, you start adding more uh, um, requirements, more controls, more um, activities that you have to do um, the larger you get. And, and this can then become a holistic way of dealing with all of those issues. Um, I just became inspired that if I can, uh, we, we are going through the process, we're at that stage where we're having to adopt FIDISHA controls. And uh, so this will be our first year to officially have all of that framework completed in part of our um, financial reporting process. And um, um, in working through that framework, I realized um, that, you know, each one of those controls is tied to a risk. It's tied to probably a policy. It's tied to a procedure. And it, um, this can become a through line that any of these elements that are of high value, you know, high value targets can also be tied to our framework here. And the ones of greatest importance should be flowing together. This should all be uh, one continuous. It, it shouldn't be FIDISHA is over here and my SRA platform is here and my risk assessment. You know, all of those things should not be separate. They should be one um, a big framework and not, again, it, it uh, turns it from a task proposal of just getting work done and generating a report to we're, we're building a, um, a, a through line across the entire enterprise that's going to help us um, long-term with our growth responsibilities and um, making sure that those are um, uh, being effectively uh, implemented and managed um, and tied back to um, our goals, our policies, and our strategies. So our strategic approach and our policy approach um, to everything should be, you know, baked into all of this process. And then it bubbles up to a high-level um, reporting framework uh, of the um, of the risk assessment that we we end up with at the end of the day. So the um, this should all be one ultimately unified. Um, uh, framework, but it comes from all of the pieces and parts of the things that our team members are doing every day. So they they have to contribute and they um, have to uh, be a part of the discussion. What if I'm asking them for a data point that they don't even have a report for that? Well, is it worth them creating a report for that? Or is it something that doesn't matter in their framework? It's just something we've traditionally had, or we, you know, we grab that, oh, that one sounds good and throw that in the framework. Um, so we've, uh, a lot of the deconstruction, uh, that I've done in weeding out some of the noise, um, has been around making sure that, uh, the things I, um, weed out or replace are tied to what we are actually doing. And does it make sense within our strategy as an organization? Um, does it, uh, you know, this, this should inform, our success as an organization. It shouldn't be um, uh, the, you know, we're often in risk and compliance, we're sort of the traffic cops. We're viewed as the um, the guy on the motorcycle that stops everybody from 
uh, going forward. And that's not true. What we're actually is um, the construction guy out on the street in front of you saying, don't go that way. The street is a mess. Go this way. Yeah, that's a great, that's a, that's a great, a great analogy and certainly resonates, I imagine, with, with many of our listeners that um, that's the goal, right, is to be seen as a, a trusted partner there um, and someone that's giving sound advice as to how to accomplish a, a, a goal rather than stopping you from, from achieving uh, forward progress. Um, Robin, I know there's a lot more for us to talk about in terms of how you've scaled the program. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll wrap this one here in terms of looking back at how you got the uh, got the program out of the starting gate a handful of really interesting themes i was scribbling down notes as we were as we were going through um you know, some great some great nuggets along the way that you know we're all risk managers we all have blinkers and taillights on our cars i, I love that observation um but I, I think that right your your point of engaging with stakeholders um one-on-one -on -one interviews ultimately you're doing a conducting a risk assessment here um, not just generating a report and, and getting to the point where those stakeholders um, are using these this output in their decision making, uh, and 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 this really serving as a framework for ongoing conversation. So a lot of great themes. Thank you for sharing those thoughts, and we look forward to having you back for for episode two shortly. Awesome, thank you. For more information on SRA, please visit srarisk.com. Watch or listen to our weekly Risk Intel podcast series or follow us on LinkedIn to learn more.